Thanks for joining us for another God-inspired message from C3 Church Monash. Connect with us online at c3monash.org.au and we hope you enjoy today's message. And then the rest of the... And then sin enters the world. We live in a broken world and we are sinners. And then we see that all the Old Testament is God chasing Israel, going, come back to my statutes. And they're saying, we really, we will, we will, but we really, we won't. And that's it. Over and over and over again. And then we enter the New Testament, where God says in Galatians 4 that um, Jesus came into the world, born, even the fullness of time had come, born under the law by a woman to redeem those under the law. That when the fullness of time had come, Jesus in human form leads a life that we couldn't live, dies on the cross for sinners, rises again. And the story is all about him. It's actually all about him. The New Testament talks about, about us as being sinners. And my study Bible talks about sin as being people living in open rebellion against God, enemies of God, people that have broken. And Jesus came and died for those people, enemies of God, people that are living in open, will, willful re- rebellion against God. Yet Jesus came to save us. And what's even cooler is he's going to come back again and judge the whole world. And we have a new heaven and a new earth, which is going to be really, really exciting. That's the gospel. That's what this is all about. It's all about his story. And we are in this story, but it's actually about his story. That he is the director, the producer, the main actor, the main player, the extra. He is, he is, it is all about him. But when I first became a Christian, I thought it was all about me. You know, um, I thought the Bible was all about me and what I wanted. And a big part of my story was um, uh, uh, when I was five, I started the sport of judo. It's like wrestling. And um, loved it, loved that I'm really little and I can beat bigger, stronger people using good technique and timing. And uh, when I was 12, my judo coach, uh, he qualified for the Sydney Olympics. And uh, obviously, the Olympics was a big deal back then and still is for people like me. And I was like, oh my gosh. When I'm older, I want to go to Olympics for judo. I want to go to two Olympics for judo because usually you win, you do better in your second Olympics because you're used to the experience. So I want to go, but I want to go to Olympics for judo, but I really, really want to go to two Olympics. And it was about that time that I started going to church. Now, when I went to church, I heard the gospel, but what I heard was God will give you your hopes and your dreams. And I was like, well, I'm going to the Olympics, and if He's going to help me, I'm all for Jesus to help me get to where I want to go. It's all about me, and that's what I want to do. John 10.10, that God wants me to have life and life to the full, and my life will not be full unless I get to the Olympic Games. I would tithe going, Jesus, here's my tithe, but yeah, just get me the Olympics. I'd fast, just get me the Olympics. Jesus, just help me, but just get me the Olympics. That's all I want to do. That's all I want to do. And um, yeah, so that was kind of my faith journey and my life journey always going to, towards this trajectory of going to the Olympics. So if you went to high school with me or college, I was the most annoying person in PE. The most competitive, the most annoying, the most competitive, and the most annoying, and the most competitive. Okay? That's, I, should, uh, I should apologize to all my high school mates uh, for being too competitive. Um, yeah, and annoying. And guess what? Nothing much has changed. Um, Look, I began following with the, with, the, with the view that God loves me and he's a good God and he's a good father and he should give his kids what they want. And that's how I interpret things being set up from the front. And I essentially was using God as a vehicle to get to where I wanted to go. In 2008, I competed at the Olympics. I lost first round. 
Uh, and that night, I was sitting in the uh, Olympic cafeteria, and I was like, oh, this sucks. I lost first day one of the Olympics. I fought. I lost first round, knocked out. You can't get a gold medal. Can't get any medal. You're done. And I'm like, this is no good. And it makes me think, if I got gold, would it have changed? Probably not, because it's actually not what my heart desired at the time. Then I met a Christian at probably about two years earlier. He said, you've got to start coming to church. So we started going to church. And we began, we began attending Monash here. And over the years, my wife and I, we had started attending twice on Sundays, serving, that sort of stuff. But as you journey through life and you get more seasoned, things happen in life. Who knows that? Some people, unfortunately, things happen earlier in life. Some people, things happen later in life. But either the way, things start happening. I really wanted to go to two Olympic Games. In 2012, I just missed out the very last tournament. You had to be top 22 in the world. I lost the last match against another Aussie guy. He, I went to like 25th in the world. He went to 21st in the world, so he went to the Olympics. I was devastated. How could God allow me to go through this? I'm, I'm so disappointed. And then life keeps going. My wife and I, our first baby was a stillborn. She was born premature and she died. And that took, put us in absolute turmoil. And maybe you, maybe you were thinking, maybe you have thought, or maybe you've thought, how could God allow that to happen? Who's thought that before? How could God allow that to happen to me? I'm such a good person. I go to church. I serve in youth. I run a Bible study. How could he allow that to happen? How could he allow that to happen to somebody else that's such a good person? And then absolute turmoil. And we just thought, well, it's just the devil attacking us. That's exactly what it is. But then... Tragedy after tragedy in our life happened and happened and happened. And we got to the point where we're like, God is real. We know he's real. But what does this actually say about life? What does this say about humanity? What does this say about me? What does this say about things that happen in this world? And we started reading it from start to finish. In our private time, in our personal time, we would talk about it. What are you reading? What are you finding out? And we're reading, and we realized we had zero biblical worldview. Zero. It was all about what I want, and if I do this, then I should probably get that. Zero biblical worldview about any understanding of God, Jesus, sin, the world in which we live that is fallen. And as we read the Bible every day, we learn about the magnificence of God, the patience of God, Talk about the Old Testament. He's so patient. He's so merciful. He's so kind. He's just so big. He's sovereign. He's so slow to anger. He is magnificent. He is sovereign over all. He is so loving and kind. Even love, the word can't even give enough of what it actually, well, he, how much he loves us and loves the world. And we also learn the power of his will and not our will. And Pastor James preached last week out of Matthew 16. I'll, hit, I'll go there as well. Um, and, and we see this thing where Jesus says to, um, to the disciples, who, who do people say the Son of Man in? Which is really cool because the Son of Man's in Daniel 7. If you want to read up on that, it's a pretty cool little symbolism between the Old Testament. And who, who do people say the Son of Man is? And, and Peter says, oh, you're the Messiah. And then Jesus says, that's right. And flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, but a heavenly Father did. So he then tells them, don't tell everyone I'm the Messiah. And they're like, we won't. <laughs> well, actually, that inside that, I added that in, just so you know. From that time on, Jesus began to explain. This is in verse 21, 16, 21. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. 
Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. See, the, 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 the view at the time is that the Messiah was going to come back. It was going to bring Israel. Rome was going to get kicked out of you know, the Holy Land. And Israel is going to come back. We're going to put a new king on the throne in Israel. And we're not going to be occupied anymore. And we're going to have a new kingdom. And Israel is going to be like it was back in the David and Solomon times. It's going to be the best. That's what they were thinking. This will never happen to you. You can't. The Messiah, that's not going to happen. That's what Peter says. Jesus turns and says to Peter, get behind me, Satan. And Satan in the Old Testament is kind of like the accuser or the opposer, opposing what God is trying to kind of achieve. That's kind of what he was getting at. He wasn't saying Satan was in him or that he's Satan. He's just saying that you're opposing what I'm trying to do here. That you are, and then Jesus says, you are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. We see that the disciples wanted something from Jesus. They wanted something that Jesus wasn't going to do. That was me. I wanted Jesus to do X, Y, and Z for me. I wanted God to make me have this, this, and this. And Jesus is saying, no, that's not my will. That's actually, you're worried about human concerns, not what God wants to do in, in my life and in, in the life of humanity. They were more concerned about what they wanted rather than what God wanted. And that was me when I first became a Christian. All I wanted was about what I wanted for my life. But Jesus is saying here, deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me. Deny your ideas of Jesus being the Messiah that's going to kick out Rome. It's, it's, forget that. Forget the human ideas of what you want and deny yourself and follow Christ. Whoever loses their life will find it which is really exciting. But the cool thing is, is I'm not saying that all your hopes and dreams are not going to happen. No. What I'm saying is, is that God's will will partner with your heart and you will want to do what God wants you to do in this life. And over this time, I realized that Christ came for us to have life and life to the full. And that was not to have everything we want, the car, the clothes, the job, the two time, the Olympics, the medals, all that sort of stuff. But to have life and life to the full is to have Christ to be clothed in Him, to have faith in Him, to be forgiven by Him, to do life with Him, to rest in Him, to be secure in Him and what He has done for us on the cross. And that you and I, we are not alone, that Christ is with us. That is life and life to the full. That is life. You can gain your whole life and lose your soul. Jesus is the only way to the Father, the only way to forgive Him, the only way to eternal life is through Jesus Christ. And as our daughter will close, in John 10, I just lost my little mark here, but that's okay. Um, I don't, yeah, okay, let's do it. Therefore, Jesus said again, very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. This is where Jesus is talking about that he is the way, the truth, that, that, that he is the good shepherd. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. And check this out. John 10, 10. I have come, come that you may have life and life to the full. And the very next verse. I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Life and life to the full is the cross. Life and life to the full is having your faith in Jesus Christ. That he came to pay the penalty that we couldn't pay ourselves. We deserve damnation, but Jesus came to give us life and life to the full by having faith in Him. 
you know, I was listening to One Way FM. This was years and years ago. And there was a Nepalese, a Nepalese lady sharing her testimony. And she said that my grandfather was poor, my father was poor, and I'm poor. And my children will be poor, and my children's children, they just live in poverty. But she goes, but I'm rich because I have Christ. I may not be rich, but I have Christ. And that makes me the richest person on earth. It doesn't matter what happens in this life. When people here have been through the worst in the last two, last few months, few years, few decades, maybe your whole life. And maybe it's like, where is God in this? I don't know where he is, but what I do know is that he loves you and that he's for you. And that when you have faith in him, he's actually living inside you. And he will do life with you each and every day. He'll give you the strength to get through things. John 16, 33 says this. Jesus says this, I've told you these things that you may have peace. In this world, you have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So I guess I want to encourage you this morning to when you look at the cross over Easter, when you see a hot cross bun, when you see a donkey that has a Jerusalem cross on its back, I don't know if you know that, every donkey has a cross on it. Pretty cool. Jesus rode the donkey with a cross on it, probably. I'm pretty sure every donkey has a cross on it. It's called the Jerusalem cross. But whenever you see a cross, you can't doubt God's love for you. You can't doubt God's love for you. You might look at the circumstances in your life and go, what's going on, God? I don't know what's happening. But when you look at the cross, you cannot deny that He loves you and he's, He wants you to have a relationship with Him and to do life with Him. Does that sound okay? So when you're going through stuff, just pray about it, spend time with God and just never, ever doubt His love for you. Thanks, James and Tam. Thanks for listening to today's message. If you have any prayer needs, email prayer at c3monash.org.au or connect with us online.